You are listening to the Venture Scale SaaS Operator, the podcast where we interview founders who are actually in the trenches. We talk about the transparent journey of how they build their SaaS companies, how they grow them, and what they would do differently if they would do it all over. Hey folks, with us today, Nancy from Blaze.tech. Super happy to have you on. Thanks so much for having me, Nicholas. Let's dive right in with the most important thing. What problem does Blaze.tech solve for its customers? We help people build software, tools, and apps without writing any code. The problem we solve is if you don't know technical knowledge, if you don't know how to code, you're not able to build apps and software. We solve that problem. So... On the level from like no code to low code, where do you where do you sit on the spectrum of it? Yes, I love that you asked that question. So for no code, we very much are no code. You don't need to have any code in order uh, to build any of the tools and apps in our software. Now, where we are with low code is that we actually compete more against the low code tools. Because low-code gives you more flexibility and customization. And for a lot of the no-code tools, what we found is that they're very limiting. They're no-code for a specific type of use case. And you, whatever you want to build needs to fit into that. And for our customers, they need to build very custom applications and software where they're bridging you know, custom APIs, their own database, uh, lots of systems together. And so our functionality is that of a low-code platform. So whereas our platform itself is no code, the kinds of tools that you can create and build are the ones that would usually require a low code solution or a full code solution. Interesting. And then you started roughly two years ago with that. And Bubble is, I guess, like one of the biggest competitors out there. And they were already up and running two years ago. So which, very strategically, what did you see in the market that made you pursue that opportunity because you you have quite a, a resume so you would have been able to do a lot of things which we can dive in later um so why did you pursue that specific opportunity yeah absolutely so it's very interesting that you asked this question because we actually don't really compete against bubble the beauty of the no code low code space is it's that it's massive so for us people come to us when they really care about the functionality they want to build very quickly Now, Bubble has done an extraordinary job of building out the concept of no code and educating people in this space. But our business users and our types of customers, they would not be considering Bubble. You know, for Bubble, it's kind of like their own language. It takes a while to really get any kind of application set up in Bubble. For Blaze, you're coming to Blaze if you really care about the functionality. You need to get your application or tool up and running very quickly. Like, for example, you might be a professional service company, you want to get that onboarding, custom onboarding for your customers really quickly. You want to go set up a customer portal very quickly. Inside of Blaze, you're able to do that in a day or two. With Bubble, you're going to have to need to learn how to use the tool. You probably will likely hire somebody specifically that is this Bubble expert to go and build it for you. And so that's the really big difference in that we're much faster. And for us, it's focusing on the capability, the functionality of the tools that you need. Uh, but we're grateful to Bubble for educating people on the idea of no code. So I think that we can all exist, uh, but we serve very different types of audiences. I think if you 
you know, are a startup and they really want to build some kind of MVP that's really consumer facing, uh, Bubble might be a better fit. But if you are a business and you need to build an internal tool and you don't want to write code, Blaze is the better fit. So you feel like you not only had in a way the second mover advantage because the hard work of educating the market was done by other people with other people's marketing budget, but also you, you said very distinctly that you're for internal tooling. Is that the specific niche you're going after? I would say less, uh, not just internal tooling, but it's internal tooling and business application. Usually it's business focused tools. And why do I mention that? It's because we enable you to build very quickly because we have lots of these components out of the box. They, you know, you're building a automated invoicing tool. And so we give you all the components that are out of the box. You care about that functionality. Now, uh, for other types of tools where you really care about the look and feel and styling, this is why it takes a really long time to go and build uh, in Bubble is they say, all right, now it's a blank canvas. You really have to start from scratch and design everything out. And so it takes a lot of time. But if you're a consumer-facing product, you really care about that look, then you know these other, other tools could be good. But for us, it is about functionality. You really care about that functionality. And it can also be uh, customer-facing. We do lots of uh, healthcare portals. We do lots of uh, portals where there are uh, other vendors. You're, you're creating a platform for vendors and merchants to go and sell specific products. Uh, but again, it's very much functionality. At, not new. We give you styling capabilities, but it's not unlimited styling capabilities. Yeah. That's why it's so yeah. fast for you to you know, build and launch. So in a way, function over fashion with, with place. Yes, but we make our interface very modern. That was always, <laughs> we wanted it such that you always can trust that the styling and the look and feel of the UI is sleek. Sleek, simple, clean look. If you need to hire the right developers and ship fast, then React Squad is for you. A boutique agency that specializes in React and only works with fast growth startups. Get a 14-day risk-free trial and a transparent price of $95 per hour. Visit reactsquad.io to learn more. And then which market segment are you going after? More SMB mid-market or enterprise in terms of your yeah, go-to-market motion? Yeah, right now it's mostly SMBs. That being said, we do have Fortune 500s that use our product, but we have lots more SMBs where there are companies that have you know, five employees or maybe they have you know, 500 employees. However, they don't necessarily have a big engineering team and some might not have any engineers at all, yet they are now able to go build software as if they had a big engineering team and they can save lots of time, save lots of money and make their team just more productive and be able to have the tools that they've been needing. Can you tell us a bit about how you acquire them? So do you run an S a PLG play? Is it marketing driven? How do you get those SMBs onto your platform? Yes, it's a great question. We toyed around with it in the early days. Do we do a sales-driven growth strategy and do sales calls or do we do product-led, which means that you come on, you do a free trial, and then you, you know, you're off to the races. And so we did a little bit of testing for each. What we recognize is that for our customers, they're building a pretty complex application. You know, there are these 
uh, places where you can go build no-code websites, right? That's like a simple, I, I like to make that analogy where you now, you're not going to go write HTML and CSS to build your website. You're going to use one of these existing platforms like Webflow or Wix and, and Webflow uh, founder CEO is one of our investors. You're going to use that platform to go build your website instead of building it from scratch. And similarly for Blaze, you want to go use our platform to go build your application, but you don't want to be writing the application from scratch. Yet building applications, there's so much logic involved. You're connecting different APIs. You're bridging data from different places. And so that's a little bit complicated. And so there's only so many tutorial videos you can get somebody to watch before they're just like, oh my gosh, this is too overwhelming. And so with that, we thought about what do we need to have the product be just fully you know, free trial? It's sort of a lot. You really need to build up that knowledge base, those articles, tutorial videos, et cetera. So we did that a little bit in the early days, which is that anybody can sign up, use the platform. And we realized, oh, we built our product much faster then we were able to build, you know, all these like tool tips and tutorial videos. And so because of that, we said, all right, we're going to do sales led, which means that somebody comes onto our website and they request a demo and I or somebody on the team will go and run them through the demo and really understand the problem that they want to solve. Because every one of these customers, again, because we're not really like normal no code platform where it's just no code for doing forms or no code for building a customer portal. These are no code where our customers say, okay, we use this very specific database. Now we need to create these custom interfaces. We have different user permissions that we need. These are much more complex tools. And so for them to see us help walk through how to actually set that up in Blaze is really, really important. And so with that, we do much more like the enterprise sales. And for our customers, their alternative is, you know, they're generally being quoted by a dev shop, you know, $100,000 or more for the application. And so for Blaze, it is a product where they're willing to invest in the software. It's not like a free trial. They don't really need that. What they need to know is that we solve their problem. And it's hard to do that without jumping into a call with them. And so ours is very much uh, sales-led. And then how do you, because a lot of what you said felt a bit like customer success to me. So how do you right now see the distinction between getting people, like selling people, getting the contract, and then making them successful? Is both in the hand of sales or is one sales and then CSCS person takes over. How do you manage that? I mean, you're early. How, how big are you right now in terms of the company? Yeah, we've got 20 people on the team. Okay, yeah. So it's still quite, quite small. So no, not, no major teams yet. So how do you manage uh, that transition right now? Yes, I really like that you asked this because I would say we kind of made a mistake in the early days of understanding, is it sales that we need or is it customer success? Somebody onboarding and guiding our customer to successfully build and launch their tool. And we went through a couple of iterations of this. And what I realized in this process is, oh, we don't need salespeople. This product sells itself. People want this solution because our price point is such that it is usually a tenth of the cost of what it would cost for a developer or hiring developers, a dev team, outsourced dev team to go build the tool. And so sales is not the issue. 
for us, once the customer says, yes, I want to build on the Blaze platform, it's actually helping them be able to launch their application as soon as possible. And so for the Blaze platform, we have so many different advanced uh, functionality. And again, we give you all the support articles, the tutorials, right? But people want to still have that hands-on experience and they want to know, you know, before, uh, oftentimes they'll, they'll come to us where they've spent months working with, maybe with the outsourced dev team and it's just not going anywhere. And we want to show them that you can go and launch your application in just a couple of days inside of Blaze. But to have that magic, it is working with somebody in the customer onboarding. And so before we had actually salespeople, no customer onboarding. And we said, okay, we have tons of people signing up. It really doesn't take much to sell them. Now it's though we say, all right, here's the platform. And then people get a little bit stuck, not because we don't have the functionality, but it's that it's the, oh, you know, I'm not sure like how to connect something. And I don't, people don't really want to do the work usually. Right. And so we yeah. want to do the heavy lifting for them and have a guide uh, for them there. And so we did two things, which is one, we realized we don't need a very big sales team. What we need are customer success folks that help onboard. And then we also created a tool, our Blaze AI tool, that enables our customers to just type in natural language how they want to configure their Blaze application. And that speeds up the development and makes them feel much more comfortable. And so a combination of our Blaze AI tool plus our customer success team is what we found really makes our uh, customers very, very happy and very sticky. One of the things I think um, that we love talking about is how quickly our average customer is able to launch their application. It's two weeks. Whereas it's some crazy of these, fast. it would take them months to build this, yeah. right? It's really, really a magical experience for them. One of the metrics that we measure our customer success team is they all are given uh, specific customers to work with. They all have their own set of customers. And we track how quickly can you help a customer go from sign up to launch of their application? That's actually one of the metrics we track because now we're in alignment with the customer in that we want you to be using your tool as quickly as possible. We want you to be successful. For us, we saw a problem with hiring engineers or dev shop is that you're paying them for time. So they're not really incentivized for success to get it launched quickly. Whereas for our team, they're tracked and we make sure that they're tracked in this metric and evaluated through this metric so that they are in alignment with our customers' uh, metric of success. One last point on that. Do you basically calculate in the CS, let's say like work, just like the, the cost of, of hours of work going in there, do you calculate that into the subscription Do you have some kind of extra professional services agreement? How do you pull that off? Yes. This is also something that we had to iterate across. And you can, you can tell uh, we do lots of A-B testing, lots of iteration. I think that's from um, our experience building an enterprise software company in the past, which is try different things and see what's best. And knowing that the first thing you do, don't get too you know, married to that idea. Be flexible. So in the early days, it was sort of like you have a subscription, a software subscription, and now you have unlimited hours with our customer success team. And the problem with that 
is we'll give the initial quote for what the software is based on the you know, number of users that they need and the enterprise functionality. Do you need single sign-on? Do you need audit logs? Some of these things. And so we quote as part of that package. And then we realize, well, now because they have unlimited hours, they just keep on adding additional features, right? And so we needed to change that. So we have an initial onboarding cost, the setup cost, where we estimate, okay, you gave us these parameters for this application you're going to build. We're going to help you fully set up and launch that application. In the time that we're helping set up, you can also go into the application and make changes on your own. But what we found was that most customers are very happy to say, here are my requirements, help set it up. And then afterwards, I can go and make all the changes in this no-code Blaze platform. And so for uh, the customer success team, it was, all right, now we need to actually be recording the hours. So we give them the initial estimate. And look, if they're a little bit over the hours, we don't charge. But it's really like, okay, here's the feature set. And we originally estimated it's going to take you know five hours of implementation and our customer success team to help you. But now you've added all these features and it's going to be five more than we bill for that. Um, but it is now initial estimate based on the time uh, for uh, the team to get uh, set up. Interesting. And just to give you a sense of the, the cost, and we're always very, very open and transparent about it. It's $200 per hour for the customer success team to help you implement, fully implement this. And that's usually the equivalent of about 10 engineering hours. The amount of work that our team can do in one hour, because it's, the Blaze no-code platform where we have so many things that are pre-built, you can really get a lot done. And I would guess for a dev shop, at least in a major city, that would be roughly the hourly rate you would pay there as well. Oh, I mean, if you're hiring, if you're in a major city, you're hiring a really top-notch dev to do this. I mean, you're looking at probably paying them minimum 15000 or more per month. But again, uh, they are building things from scratch, whereas for us, this is why our average customer, they're launching an application in two weeks. Uh, that would normally take six months or seven months or more. I would love to let Blaze be on the sidelines for a second, because you mentioned it briefly. I mentioned it briefly. It's not your first rodeo. So you started a company in 2012, ran for roughly 10 years and did it. Uh, didn't exit there. Tell us a bit about the, like, super briefly on the journey and also what did you learn from taking a company from inception to exit, which is kind of what every entrepreneur wants to do, at least once in their entrepreneurial career. And what were you able to take over to Blaze and just do better this time? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we... Uh, started a company called Implug. It was acquired by a company called Spectrio. It's one of now the largest digital signage software platform. When I started the company, I was right out of college. I literally started the company the week of graduation. I knew nothing about the digital signage software space, basically software that powers screens in corporate offices, elevator screens, manufacturing facility, basically mostly screens that are showing real-time information, not showing ads. Um, showing ads and you know, static content is pretty easy to do, but when you want to show real-time information, secure data, etc., that's what we specialized in. I truly knew nothing about this industry. And the first year, we all uh, knew very little. We had a very different business model. 
And it was lots of different pivots and shifts. And I would say throughout this journey, it took about uh, really nine years for us to go from start to exit where we were acquired. We built it as a very profitable business. We didn't raise a lot of venture money, but we were very profitable. We always, every single year had double digit uh, revenue growth and profitability growth, and it was mostly founder owned. And so that was very attractive for a lot of private equity companies and other strategics. Uh, but what I learned on this journey is that you constantly question yourself, like, is this working? Is this you know, going to stick around? And there's always fires that you're putting out. It was never like, ah, now, now this year, this happened. It's now smooth sailing. It's a really, truly a journey, a, you know, not just like a marathon, but like an ultra marathon. And it's so much easier when you have a group of really fantastic people around you. That was my biggest takeaway of recognizing the difference between somebody who is an A talent and a B talent is massive. A good developer does not replace, you know, two okay engineers. No, they replace like five okay engineers. And so that's one of the big takeaways. And I think the reason why for Blaze.tech, we were able to launch so quickly and attract so many customers is because in the early days, it was actually all the best engineers and my same co-founders as the last company. That made a huge impact. We would not be here today with Blaze where we are progress-wise in this short span of time if I didn't have that team in place. I would say it took us probably twice as long at the last company, if not more, to get to where we are today at Blaze because we didn't necessarily have the right teammates in place, um, myself included. I would be one of those where I had no experience building enterprise software. I was right out of college building a product in an industry I knew nothing about. And so when we were building Blaze, we came with all of that knowledge. We came, we learned a lot because we made lots of mistakes at our last company, plenty of mistakes. And I think the reason why my same co-founders and I wanted to go stay in enterprise software is we said, now we have all these learnings from the mistakes we've made. I want to be able to utilize that and propel us to go much faster and be much more impactful in a bigger industry. And are you now really going after like the venture scale business, meaning you, you took on pre-seed funding? Are you, do you want to go down that route or do you, let's just say, flirt with the thought of potentially turning it into like a profitable enterprise as well? We want to turn it into a profitable enterprise. And I think um, what's interesting is for the investors that we have and the VCs that we have, they're very supportive of this. And it, this could also be a shift in the times of valuation and uh, venture companies where they actually want to know that your unit economics work. Uh, and so for us, we like demonstrating that. And we're used to coming from a background where we had minimal funding, but we're able to get to profitability pretty quickly. And I think our investors appreciate that. They like that. Now, that being said, we still want to hit pretty aggressive growth metrics. And uh, one of the things we're grateful for is we're, we're doing both right now. We're hitting aggressive growth metrics while being able uh, to be profitable. And so that's uh, something where, uh, you know, there are certain reasons I probably don't care about that, but I am glad for our investors, they're supportive of this. Do you do anything specific to yeah, walk that middle path? I mean, on the one side, you have, you have like the best of both worlds, 
but still, if you would go even more aggressive, the growth would be even more there and the profitability was, would decrease because it's always just like different levers you pull. So how do you manage that like a, as a founder right now? Yes, I, I you know, say again, there are some founders where they're really good at, they're like, I don't care how deep in the red we are, how much we're burning cash wise. I think for me, I'm just much more conservative and so it is just kind of keeping in line. I want to see as I'm spending more, my sales is also growing. It's not just this huge divide that my expenses increase like 3x, but my sales only increase like 50% or something. I want to be able to have that discipline in seeing, is this working? And I think this discipline helps because it makes us iterate much faster. And if I didn't care about it and had tons of money, in the bank. Look, we raised a very healthy uh, pre-seed round, uh, but it's not unlimited capital. And so it keeps us watching the metrics and making sure that we have systems and processes in place to evaluate, is this working or not? And then being able to turn on, turn off, or increase certain levers in our marketing uh, to be able to say, all right, this is, this is making impact or it's not. So as an example, uh, Google... AdWords, right? Everyone kind of, this is almost like traditional marketing now. Uh, so when we're looking at Google AdWords, you can pour in tons of money into Google AdWords, right? And if you're not iterating your keywords constantly, we're literally changing our keywords and changing uh, the different combination of things we're bidding for on a weekly basis. If you're not doing that, um, and I would like to eventually almost get to like a daily basis. If you're not doing that. You can just keep pouring money. It's like, oh, well, we're spending all this money and I guess we get one lead from it. So let's pour in more. But to get that second lead, maybe you're pouring in three times as much money as before. And if you had unlimited money, you're like, that's fine. But for us, we are staying disciplined in that, okay, let's increase a little bit. Let's see if our leads, all right, it really hasn't increased. So we need to change this algorithm. We need to change uh, the different uh, Keywords and see what is working, what is not, and then tracking. Of course, we're able to track from what ad did you click and did you turn into a lead, and did this lead then turn into a customer? Being able to follow through on that whole funnel, and there's work that needs to be done in order to do that. And I'll have to say, in the early days, we didn't do that. We uh, just were asking our leads on our demo calls, like, "Hey, how did you hear about us?" And they say, "Oh, I think I." you know, clicked on an ad or so, oh, I think I heard about you on a podcast or maybe I read about you on LinkedIn or an article or something like that. Um, but now we're able, at least for one channel, be able to track um, pretty strongly what kind of quality leads and customers we're getting. I love that. And then, because we're coming close to time, as a last question, what's the big vision you have for the company? I want Blaze to be the platform that anyone who doesn't have any technical knowledge, they can go on to Blaze. And if they could describe what they want to build, it can be realized on the Blaze platform. We want to empower tens of millions of people to be able to build software that they never thought they could do before. Amazing. And then before we wrap up, where can people find you and Blaze online? They can find us at uh, blaze.tech, our website, and then on our different social channels. So on Twitter, we're Blaze No Code. Uh, you can also find us uh, on uh, LinkedIn or blaze.tech on LinkedIn as well. But 
blaze.tech, the website has the most information and examples of awesome apps that people have built. And everything will be linked up as usual. Nancy, thanks a ton for coming on again. Thank you so much for having me. If you like this episode, then you'll love the SaaS Operator, a weekly newsletter brought to you by Early Node, with actionable insights from SaaS experts in the industry delivered right to your inbox every Tuesday for free. Visit earlynode.com to subscribe.